Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Carrot and Cake podcast. I have a special guest here today, Evan Transu, and he is from FDN, which if you guys have followed me for any amount of time, I am a huge fan of FDN, which stands for Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, and they have this amazing certification program that includes functional testing and a very whole health approach to wellness. And yeah, just really excited to have you here today, Evan. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always kind of fun getting to do the opposite end because as you already said, as as you know, I kind of do the interviewing a lot. So it is fun to be on the other side. It's a little more tiring, but it's fun. I like it. Yes, yes, yes. And I guess I should have said that, but Evan is the host of the Health Detective podcast, which, you know, is run by FDN and whatnot. Evan's the main host, but amazing content. Love it. Because you guys do like a lot of case studies and things like that. And it's just fascinating just hearing people's stories as far as going from a disaster as far as their health goes to getting so much better and improving their health. And it just goes to show you what FDN can do. But anyways, let's, let's jump into it. I would love to hear more about, you know, what you do at FDN, the podcast, and then of course, hearing your health story. Cause I feel like most of us who joined FDN have some sort of health history that brought us to this world. Okay, cool. So I'll start it in reverse order. I'll kind of just go through it. And because once you get the 30,000 foot overview, all of it makes sense. And it also matters too, if people are listening, I feel like in this alternative space, we're much more open, but I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't have a college degree anywhere near relevant to any of this stuff. So I think it's important to say, or show why is this even credible? Like what has this person actually been through that leads to this? So basically what happened, Tina, is that at five years old, I started experiencing health symptoms and it was what we might consider minor stuff at the time. It was stomach aches, it was headaches, and then migraines. So obviously a little bit of a difference there. The sinus stuff started kicking in. Uh, but one of the weirder ones was I was having panic attacks. So this was not preceded by generalized anxiety disorder, depression, or even trauma. It was all of a sudden I started dealing with panic attacks. And so most days were good, to be clear. It wasn't like 99% of the time, all of this stuff's going on. Most days were good, but these symptoms started happening. And my parents don't know much about medicine, but they're the best parents ever. So God bless them. They did what they could. They took me to a doctor. And what's interesting because I'm, I'm 27 now. So this was 22 years ago. So people need to think about how far we've come with mental health as a society. I don't, the doctor was a great person. I don't think that doctor expected a five-year-old kid with a two-parent household, you know, loving parents to be coming in dealing with panic attacks. And so I actually didn't even get diagnosed with the panic attacks. Then we were told, Hey, Evan gets himself a little too worked up and he's going to outgrow this now again, well-meaning, but that was actually probably one of the worst things that was ever said to me in terms of health. And I know so many people that are listening to this, especially women, because there's actually science on this, uh, get invalidated a lot of the times by Western medicine. There are studies, just so you guys know, showing that women are more likely to be told that it's in their head or that it's stress um, for very real conditions. It's kind of sad that that works that way. But um, I experienced my own version of that. And so as I got older, this is five, six, seven, 10-year-old logic. I kept getting worse mental health-wise, but I kept thinking in my head, all right, the doctor said, I'm fine. I'm going to outgrow this. There, there's nothing wrong here. So again, 10-year-old logic was, 
if he can't figure it out, this is an authority figure, makes a bunch of money, right? Super smart, super educated. If he can't figure it out, oh, I must be the problem. And so the irony was the worse and worse the mental health issues became, the more solidified I became in the idea that I can't talk about these things. So fast forward a bit, um, by the time I'm in early high school, it's it's bad. It's not just panic attacks every now and then. Um, I have panic disorder, like I'm actually dealing with it on a daily basis. Major depressive disorders kicked in, generalized anxiety disorders kicked in. Um, those ended up getting diagnosed. Some other things were happening that never got diagnosed, like hypochondriasis. It was just, there's a lot of things going on. And my coping mechanism was drugs. So I was a straight edge kid. I was the last person in my friend group to ever try a drug. I always make a joke that I was the kid, and this is serious, but it's funny. Um, I was the kid in first grade who would have like, if you and I were in class, Tina, and you talked about the teacher when they weren't in the room, I would have told on you to the teacher because I was that much of like a straight edge kid, teacher's pet. And now I'm doing drugs. Well, this is the only form of relief, not that it's a perfect form, but the only form of relief I've ever felt in 10 years of dealing with mental health stuff. So instantly I'm like, wow, okay, this is crazy. And within two months, I became the one in the friend group with the biggest problem. So I spent about two years of my life in high school, high every single day um, on something. Marijuana was kind of the, the thing of choice, but benzodiazepines got mixed in, alcohol got mixed in. I couldn't afford this. And so in a two-year span, I go from this like otherwise straight-edge kid with mental health issues to selling drugs myself to support my own habit. 17 days into my senior year of high school, I get kicked out and arrested and sent to juvie. Now, I'm not some hardened criminal. I was in juvie for like four days, to be clear, right? Then they sent me back. They're like, all right, this kid needs to just go on house arrest and learn a lesson. But it was really wild. I'm like, whoa, I've really affected my future now with the things that I've done and the things that I haven't done. So how does FDN tie into all this? How does the health stuff tie in? I spent another three months on first house arrest, then just probation, no house arrest. And during that time, I didn't make good decisions. I was under the most stress I've ever been under. I've only had one coping mechanism. I taught myself for stress. So I don't I don't like to believe that I'm a dumb guy, but this just shows how bad of decisions we can make when we're under these circumstances. I'm still doing drugs on probation. Like if I get caught again, I'm going to jail. I turned 18 while I'm on probation. This isn't juvie anymore. Like I'm going to jail, but I'm not even thinking 10 years ahead um, or 10 minutes ahead, let alone 10 years ahead. I just was thinking for the moment, how do I escape these feelings and what's going on? And then I kind of had this aha moment. This is where this all comes to, thankfully, a better place. It was New Year's Eve of this year. So about three and a half months since I've gotten arrested. Now, my parents have no idea that I'm still doing stupid stuff. They, thankfully, had the belief in me that I'd be smart enough that once I got in trouble, I would have stopped all these things. Well, what happened is I got a lot better at hiding. And so I asked them if I could go out on New Year's Eve with my friends. They were thankful not born yesterday. So they said, that is not happening. That's crazy. I didn't really argue them though. And so they come back an hour later and they said, you know what? It does seem like you've been doing well. It's not that we don't want you to see your friends to be clear. Like you, you've been doing great as far as they know, but we can't have you doing something stupid. This is just asking for something. So if you truly just want to see your friends and you're not planning on doing anything dumb, that's fine. We drop you off though. And we'll be the ones to pick you up at 12 AM. I took that option. Again, I don't really think 10 minutes ahead, let alone 10 years. And so I started drinking and doing drugs at the party. Well, mom and dad come around at 12 a.m. and pick us up just like they said they would. Now, who's us? Because I haven't said us yet. Well, us is myself and my girlfriend. Now, at the time, we had been dating for about four or five years. Love this girl. Think I'm going to marry her one day. I just didn't treat her like that when I was using the drugs. And obviously, I was doing that every day. So I convinced her to do a lot of the same things I did that night. 
but she was a good kid who didn't do those things. And so when she got into the car with my parents, we made it about 30 seconds down the road before she repeated a full sentence word for word to my mom and dad. And this was normally a very shy, introverted girl. She is yelling, telling them about the night, how fun it is, how much she loves me. I'm like, oh my God, this is so bad. And so my parents were the most mad I have ever seen them in their life. They slam on the brakes, turn around, they're screaming, but it was mostly at her, it wasn't at me. In fact, it was almost entirely at her and not at me. And what I realized in that car that night is they had so much faith in me that they didn't even believe I could be so stupid as to get into their car under drugs and alcohol, under the influence of drugs and alcohol, and let them down once again. So they think it's just my girlfriend. Well, she doesn't say much back. She's scared. We finish the drive home after they're done yelling, and then we get home by ourselves. And this was, as weird as this sounds, of all the things that I dealt with, this was the night that kind of changed everything. Because we get back, I'm still, I'm I'm under drugs and alcohol. Like, I'm under the influence. Like, I don't feel good. I'm not under the right state of mind. And so when we got back, like, a normal person's reaction would be to apologize for them getting caught and, like, you know, try to comfort them the rest of the night. I was so far gone mentally at this point, and my perspective of my reality was so shifted that I had the nerve to blame her for getting caught for the thing I made her do. And like looking back, obviously that makes no sense, but that's where I was mentally at the time. Well, that was her final straw. So the next morning when I woke up, she had already left. She was gone. And when I tried to call her, I realized that, you know, she was done with this. Like she wasn't going to be answering me anymore. This was the end of this four or five year relationship and the end of the relationship, I thought that was going to lead into marriage one day. Losing that person, I don't know if it was just the icing on the cake or if it was just the main motivator itself. Because sometimes, I mean, high school sweethearts and love, right? That's a powerful thing. Sometimes it's even more powerful than getting in legal trouble. I realized in that New Year's Day morning, ironically, of all days, right? If I don't change something, this is never going to get better. I accepted for the first time I am on probation using drugs. I'm going to go to jail or I'm going to die. And those things weren't in my plan. But again, I didn't even think 10 minutes ahead, let alone 10 years. So there was no plan. It's how do I hide from the things that I'm dealing with? And so I made a commitment that day uh, that things had to get better. And for anyone that's been on a drug healing journey, mental health healing journey, this is how it goes. Two steps forward, one step back. And so, yes, there's plenty of bumps. This is not a perfect story. I've made some poor decisions after that. Uh, None as poor as the things I had made previously, though, like most of them were a lot better after that. And what happened is mental health treatments, conventional ones, medications, therapy, they were good. They actually did help a little bit, about 50%. But I was stuck with this other 50%, Tina, that I'm sure you've heard people deal with or, you know, other, you just heard stories like this where they get kind of stuck despite making that decision to uh, get some help. I ended up studying the natural stuff afterwards. It was some free coincidences that led to it. I actually tried a supplement for a different reason. It was like a multivitamin and it was a high potency one. And I kept taking this and I noticed that some of my mental health symptoms got better. Like I had a better mood. I felt happier. I wasn't taking the multivitamin for that reason. I had no idea it could do that. And did that cure my mental health issues? No, a multivitamin did not do that. But what it did do is it led to this thought process. I'm sure I used less complicated words at the time. I was like, Can nutraceuticals and lifestyle stuff be the reason that I feel so bad? Well, 
sure enough, nine years later, I know that's exactly why. I had seven different mental and physical health conditions diagnosed at the age of 18. I don't meet the diagnostic criteria for any of them anymore at the age of 27. So during those nine years, I found FDN, I found uh, Institute for Integrative Nutrition, all these different programs. And um, yeah, now what I get to do at FDN is basically just share the message. This is why I do the podcast, because I think I didn't give you guys any facts today. I didn't tell you anything yet so far about um, leaky gut or food sensitivities or hormones or whatever it might be. But even just hearing this, when you know that someone can go from seven different diagnosed conditions to none, that inspires action. You don't know any of the facts yet, and that inspires action. So I think the facts tell, but the story sell. And I'm selling the idea of like, hey, this can get better. So um, thank you so much for just kind of letting me do my thing with that. But yeah, that's that's kind of where or how we got to where we're at today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a story. Amazing story. I don't know if I've heard the full thing. Obviously I'm a fan of the podcast, yeah, <laughs> yeah. a lot of episodes, but hearing the full story, but yeah, I love that you summed up at the end there that, you know, it, it takes time for change, but if you're willing to have a different approach and look at things differently, you can get better. You can get past these diagnoses and, you know, same. I mean, my story is very similar that I like, <laughs> I have a notes app on my phone where I put all of the symptoms that I was dealing with. And right. it was probably, I don't know, 30 symptoms, 40 symptoms. It was insane. And I go back to that note again and again. And over the years, like fewer and fewer nice. symptoms, you know? So I think, I think this story is like very, very common. And I love um, that FDN, you know, we have this different approach, you know, it's not, you know, <laughs> not the typical, you know, medication surgeries, all that, obviously that's not what we do. Um, but I would love for you just to talk about finding FDN and maybe that moment where you realize like, this is working or this is something different and it's having more of an effect than, you know, what I'd been doing in the past. Yeah. There, the next nine years from like 18 to now, I, I was an atheist at 18, so I'm not I'm not preaching spirituality, but man, this is like divine intervention. The amount of little things that just started shifting per, uh, perfectly in my favor when I made that decision to get better. So this did, pros, um, it was after the decision, right? The decision precedes all these wonderful things happening in your life. And I think there's something to that, but that's a separate podcast. And so when you make that decision, all these things started happening. So first I got exposed to organic eating. And, and remember, I'm like an 18, 19 year old kid. So this was like, Natural Health 101 to many of us listening, but this is a new concept to me. I don't know what organic means or I'm like, that's expensive food. That's stupid. Why am I paying double the price for this stuff at the at the specialty store? This is dumb. Um, Of course, I realized that was not dumb. And actually just going organic initially really helped a lot of health symptoms. Didn't cure anything, but it, it led to the reduction of certain things. And I'm guessing I was just probably naturally eating a little better. Um, I'm sure I was eating less sugar by doing organic stuff, but I was still eating like processed things. I said, I'm just going to switch to organic. I'm still going to eat some packaged stuff, but just switch to organic. That was a big enough change for me at the time. And that worked great. Then it led to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. My mom actually got an ad for that online. She said, Ev, this is perfect for you. You got to go do this. Um, and I'm very thankful for them because they got me into the health and wellness space. Um, unfortunately, I just personally, I didn't feel like it got me to where I needed to go to do this career-wise. Um, it objectively didn't get me to a place where my health was under control. Um, I made progress, but I, I still found that I was just at a different percentage of stagnation now. So if it was 50% before, now it's 70%. So cool. I'm, I'm thankful it boosted me 20%, but it wasn't enough. So how I found FDN was I'm in like this limbo after IIN because I know for a fact that natural healing exists. I know it works. I've heard the stories. I just need it to work for me. 
And so I figured, all right, I need, I actually think I did use these exact words, which is funny. I, I kept thinking I need like objective data. Like I need lab testing. I didn't realize that, but I need some type of objective data rather than just trying random supplements and trying random diets. Like I could do this for the rest of my life. This is crazy. And what I did is I knew I'm in the East coast, I'm in Pennsylvania. And so the perception, because I've asked other people this, so apparently other people think this way, the perception of those on the East coast, if I said to you, all right, in the United States, where do you think like all the hippies live? Everyone would say the West coast, right? So that's where, I mean, it's not all hippies, but that's where the natural people are. They've always been ahead of the things when it comes to organic eating and um, natural medicine and stuff. So I said, okay, I need to go out West to figure this out. That's what my logic was at the time at 20 years old. So I convinced my best friend to quit his job. We drive to San Diego. I've never been farther West than like Pennsylvania. I've never driven farther West than Pennsylvania. And so we go out to San Diego and then I find uh, all these health meetups and I just started attending them. I would just go every single day trying to find someone that knew something for me. And I met this woman named Jen Maleka and she was speaking in a health shop uh, at the center of San Diego. There was like 20, 30 people there. And she was talking about FDN. Now, she was trying to recruit clients. But when I heard her talk, I didn't understand a damn thing she was saying. It was way above my pay grade at the time. I knew that woman knew something that I didn't know. Because she had skin cancer. She had Hashimoto's. And she didn't have those things anymore. I said, if she can figure out that, I can figure out my stuff. And so I went up and talked to her. She was so nice to me. Probably felt bad, but was so nice to me. Took me out to um, lunch the next day. She got me on a call with Reed Davis, uh, founder of FDN. And then a week and a half later, I was enrolled in FDN. So that's how I found it. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's so funny. Just like how all of our paths have brought us here. Yeah. Um, and so you, you know, found FDN and everything. What were some of the first steps that you took besides your organic eating, like moving in this direction? Because I feel like when I'm talking to our one-on-one clients, like they're new to functional testing, they like have no idea what we're talking about with like data and all that. Um, but sometimes I feel like they're a little bit overwhelmed, you know, once mm -hmm. we talk about the testing and, you know, what the results mean, but like, sometimes I do feel like we almost need to like break it down for them and just give them some of the, like the simple foundation things to work on. So were there some kind of like foundational things that you started with when you came to the functional world? Yeah. Well, what's really funny is the sleep thing. I mean, this is again, one-on-one, we all know how important this is. It was actually the one thing I couldn't give up. I stayed up late my entire life. And some of it was anxiety. Uh, it was provoked by anxiety, I'm sure. But like the other side of me was, I just loved it. I loved staying up till 4am. That was my quiet time. I do like all these random Google searches. I'm a nerd. Like I was always like learning something. That's just who I was. And that was my entire life pretty much from nine or 10 years old on. And so I, by the time I found FDN, I was probably four or five years into like trying to heal naturally. I still stay up till two or three in the morning. Um, and you'll love this. This is hilarious because we know how like meal timing matters. I'm doing intermittent fasting with like organic salmon, all this great stuff. I'm finishing my meals at 12 o'clock in the morning. Like that, that's just, it was that nuts because I didn't understand the sleep thing. So one of the first things that I did, Tina, was when I learned in the FDN course, uh, you know, you start with the hormone side for the most part in the course, uh, at least at the time of recording this, they talk about, well, you definitely should be in bed by 10 and trying to do like a 10 to six thing. And I was, I was locked in. I was so dedicated at this point that I would have done anything. And I had never considered shifting my sleep because I thought eight hours was eight hours. And I know that's not true now. Um, it's not like I was getting four hours of sleep. I was just sleeping in later in the day. 
And when I shifted that eight hours, in addition to the eating well, um, I was also, I'm sorry, I was a vegetarian prior to coming into FDN. So I switched back to a paleo type of thing. But shifting the paleo or to the paleo side and then getting good sleep and actually doing that consistently. I mean, I, I, I am amazed to find what that can do. Now, it's not overnight that you're going to heal. You're going to feel better, but you're not going to heal. But I think what happens is you start like, it's like a scale, like or a seesaw almost. It's like a little weight scale. It's it's all about like how much stress are you under, but how much healing are you allowing? So people say like, well, why does it take so much time? It's like, okay, because this is like such a finely tuned scale, right? And some days if like you fought with someone that you love, well, that's weighing down now a little more today. But if most days, 90, um, 90 days out of 100, you're getting great sleep and you're eating really well and the stress was just a little bit higher than this. Well, there's only so much of a margin there, right? There's only so much of a healing margin there, but you do that long enough and that's how you get the great results. So yeah, you don't have to overcomplicate this. I mean, the labs are important and you can greatly accelerate your healing with the labs. Some people are so sick. I do believe that if you actually want to get to fully operational again, you're probably going to have to use uh, a lab or two. But um, as much as I promote FDN stuff and I use labs in my own practice, start with the basics. And if you can't look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm actually getting to bed before 10 every day and I'm actually eating organic and I'm stopping eating like three, four hours before bed, you're not doing the fundamentals. And I'm not saying that in a condescending way. I'm saying that in actually a really good way because those are super easy things to change. So you can go change that tomorrow and um, it's free. It, it costs you nothing to do that stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that because that's a conversation we have with our clients all the time. And, you know, like behind the scenes, like the testing, working with practitioners and everything, the supplements, it, it can be really expensive. And I tell clients and women this all the time. I'm like, you don't need to run a test. I mean, the testing is amazing. Just like you said, it can really accelerate your healing because you have like some hard data that actually says, Hey, this is what's happening in your body. Let's, you know, target your approach and personalize it. But at the end of the day, those foundational things can really move the dial. And I just think they're so, so important. Just, you know, talking about the sleep. I mean, that is a hundred percent a conversation we have with women all the time. You know, they stay up so, so late scrolling Netflix, you know, all the different things. Um, but another thing I wanted, I was hoping you could talk about a little bit more is just the time that all of this takes, because I just think maybe it's being on social media or just coming from this like diet culture world where everybody is just expecting results so quickly. Like you're going to lose 10 pounds in four weeks and you're going to instantly be better because you take a medication or something like that. And like this approach, it, it's not that, I mean, our program is six months long and I think six months is a good amount of time to make progress. But I mean, I think for a lot of us, it's years and years. I mean, you said it, you know, it was nine years for your journey. I think mine is probably going on like five or six years at this yeah. point, but that time I think scares people. <laughs> right. So do you have anything to say about just like the timing of it or just like the mindset behind it? Yeah, Tina, that's a great question because I actually always say, you might've heard me say this on the podcast sometimes. I actually believe that this whole health journey, like if you're going to holistically heal, it is it ends up being more of a personal development journey than it does a healing journey. Now, someone listening might be like, well, what, what is he talking about? Why does that connect? It's because you have to become a different person to get these results. The stuff that you're doing right now, mostly unintentionally, I'm not blaming you because I'm, I'm talking about myself here too in my prior life. 
we are doing things or we are operating in a mode that has led us to chronic illness unintentionally, but has led us to chronic illness. The idea that you're going to just change a couple of things and all of a sudden overnight, everything's going to get better. That's ridiculous. So that's why I, I was talking about before. I mean, I wasn't for this reason, but the decision is powerful. So it's not a decision of, oh, I'm going to get, like you said, lose 10 pounds in four weeks or whatever. That's not the decision. The decision is I'm getting better and I'm going to figure this out. And when we decide, and this is for business, this is for relationships, it's for anything in life. When you make the decision, then all the other stuff can work itself out. And then if you have a strong enough why, I don't mean to be cheesy because I know this has been said before, but if you have a strong enough why in that decision, all the other things get fixed. If you say, no, you know what? We're not getting divorced. We're going to figure this out. There's a lot of work, I'm sure, that goes into that, right? I haven't had that situation, thankfully, in my life. But you made the decision. Or you know what? I'm going to be the first one who gets my family out of poverty. I'm going to figure that out. There's a lot of how that goes into that. So it starts with the decision. And that's why this isn't for everyone. You need to be a person that is in a state. It's not for everyone at every time, I should say, because it could be for most people at some time in their life, but maybe it's not right now for you. You need to make that decision that no matter what it takes, no matter what I have to do, I'm not living in chronic illness anymore because I have one life. I have a very short amount of time here. Unfortunately, as we get older, uh, we're getting less productive, less energetic, unless we've had chronic disease, then the relative dis difference feels great, right? Like I feel like I've gotten younger, but the truth of the matter is I'm not, I'm, I'm getting older. And so you have a very short amount of time here. You don't want to spend it sick. So make that commitment. And then to answer your question, just because I don't want to scare people, right? Because the time can take some time. I have found, and this is odd. I don't know if you've seen this in um, maybe your own practice. I have found almost universally most people, like even with serious stuff, maybe I'll exclude cancer because I haven't worked with a bunch of cancer patients, but anything else, including autoimmunity, I have found that people feel 70% better usually in three months. That last 30%, man, to, if you really want to nail that, that can be a couple of years, just to be clear with you guys. So there is a quick reward to this. You get 70% better in three to four months. And in my experience over six years, I've seen that. That's pretty fair trade-off if you've been sick and doing the wrong thing for 15 or 20 years, right? And so that next 30%, though, is going to be a journey. It just seems to, it's like building muscle, right? They say even a natural can build like 20 pounds in the first year, but then it's 12 the next and six the next and three the next, right? So you kind of get these diminishing returns. But um, I, I found that to be the case. Do you, I mean, these are rough numbers, but do you think it's about that? Like roughly 70% better in a few months for most people? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I think it also comes back to uh, the willingness to change. Just like you said, like you need to become a different person. You need to make that decision that this is it. We're going to change. We're going to do what we need to do. And I think the clients that have the best attitude where they are open to changing and trying different things, they have the best results. And yeah, we have taken women from like totally messed up hormones, gut health to like really thriving and just like feeling their best. But I do just like what you were saying, it, there is like a decision piece and there's that responsibility, that um, self-awareness that like you really just need to make things happen and not just continuing to do what you have been doing because what you have been doing thus far has got you here. <laughs> so yeah. now you need to do different things to get you to the next point or the healthy point that you want to be. I, and I think it it makes sense when you look at it because it's like, where does that 70% come from? Why is it so quick, so fast? It's because I believe this is a theory. If we have this chronic disease, there's so many things that are ticking off our bodies actively that we're ignorant to. So we might not be aware that we're reacting to certain foods or that our sleep cycle eight hours is not eight hours. It's got to be at a certain times for it to be worth it. So when you 
make all those changes really quick and you remove some foods you're sensitive to or whatever it might be, you're really, really taking away a lot of fuel to that fire. Like right now we're dousing it with gasoline every single day. And all of a sudden we shut that off and the fire's there, but we shut it off. So I think that last 30%, that's where the true healing comes in. Because again, not to scare anyone, just to be realistic. I mean, if you're chronically ill, your body has been damaged. If you have autoimmune disease, your organs have been damaged to some degree. So that 30%, I think that's where that um that kind of seesaw or weight scale analogy comes back in because now you have just this little margin every day you need to be a little more healing than you are stressed and damaged and that's how that 30% heals over time so the more you can do to the ability that you're able to the more that you can do in terms of weighing that scale to the relaxation side like if you can go live on a private island not realistic for most of us but if you could i'm sure that 30 percent would come a lot faster than a few years but we have to operate in our modern world many of us still have to work and that that's okay it's just making sure that it's a little more relaxation and um, healing every day than it is stress and damage and and you can get it over time and it's worth it once you get that 70 percent, i find most people are, are fairly able to just commit in their minds that all right this is what i'm going to do um, for my the rest of my time here. And you're not even trying to get the 30% better at that point. You're really just trying to maintain what you already have. And then it's a gift that keeps on giving. It gets better over time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 100%. And so kind of related to all that, like for somebody who, you know, is on this healing journey and they're feeling kind of stuck or maybe mm-hmm. like overwhelmed, do you have any like specific advice that you would give somebody? Cause I, I do feel like the overwhelm and maybe, maybe it's the clientele that we work with as far as, you know, women, they're working full time. They have little kids, like they're just doing like 8,000 things. And I do feel like there's this overwhelm that they either need to do every, like all the things and they need to do it perfectly or they're like off track and not doing things well. Is there kind of like an in-between or any advice for somebody who's like feeling that like stuck overwhelmed? Like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. You know, and this kind of goes back to what I was talking about before, because I really, I was a perfectionist growing up. That was one of my things as a kid. I think it, I think it tied in with the anxiety, but it's like, if I didn't get a hundred percent of my tests, it was, it was kind of neurotic. It was, it was really bad. And so I, when you go from that kid, straight A kid doing well on all these things to at a school with a 99% graduation rate, you're getting kicked out and sent to juvie. You kind of have to learn to almost like humble that side of yourself a little bit because you're already so past the point of being perfect. So now you really got to work through that. And I mentioned before though, and how this ties in with the health stuff is this idea that when I was coming out of that phase of my life, it was very much a two steps forward, one step back. You are, I don't know the human being that is capable of being in such dark places. Then all of a sudden everything's perfect afterwards. So how... I was able to get rid of the perfectionism while still measuring progress, because this isn't a free-for-all either. Obviously, your clients know and the people that listen know, if I just go do whatever I want again, I am going to get sick. So where's the middle ground? Where can we say, I'm not being neurotic and too perfectionistic about this, but I'm not being so loose with it that I'm actually still sick and not getting better? I like to look by months and years, and I'll just start with the months because that might be more digestible for people right now. Because when I was on my healing journey for mental health, um, drug abuse, all this kind of stuff, if I just looked day by day, guess what? Some days sucked. And some days I had my fits of rage. Like I have a rule now, I don't yell. Like if you, I mean, if you cheated on me or you hurt someone that I loved, I'm going to yell, but I just don't yell because I know what that does. And it's terrible for me. It gets me in a terrible place. I did it my entire life. A lot of my family members did it. I don't do that. If you're going to yell at me, we're done the conversation and I won't do that to you. So it's reciprocated, right? But that's my rule now. 
10 years in that I'm able to maintain. And I am actually thankfully able to do that back then. Maybe I could do it for a week. And then guess what? Something pisses me off and I don't know how to handle that yet. And I'm in my rage spiral again. So if I went day by day, man, I would look like a failure some days. But if I go month by month and I say, well, F, the month before you were using drugs every day, you were in juvie. And this month, I'm just making this up. This didn't actually happen, thankfully. But this month you use drugs half of the days and you got into a rage spiral like a few times, but you didn't do it every day like you did last month. And so Someone might look at your current month and say, that sucks. It's not where I'd want to be, but it's good for you. So that's how you prevent the overwhelm. It's not about doing it 100% or being perfectionistic. Is it, all right, here's what I did in January. Now we're in February. Was my February better than my January? Even by 10%, oh, fantastic. My March, was it better than my February? Don't compare it to January anymore. Now we're going back to February. Was it better than my February by 10%? All right, cool. Well, now look at the percentage changes that you're making, right? And you have to be in it for the long term, like Tina and I were talking about. Because if you do that formula for a year, you got a 100% different person, over a 100% different person by the time that you've gotten to that next January. And then you can start playing the game of looking year by year. Because now when I look year by year, there's almost no day um, that I'm super hard on myself now when I have a rough time where I make a decision that I didn't find to be favorable or in my best interest. Um, because I look year by year, I'm like, bro, what, what are you talking about? Like, stop. Like, you had a bad day. That's okay. Look at what you were doing last year or two years ago or three years ago compared to now. You don't think that's progress. You're going to beat yourself up over this. And so start with the months and then go to the years. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I'm so, so glad you highlighted that. And also, I almost feel like Again, I don't know, maybe it's a type of people that we work with that like that perfectionism mindset, but I feel like a lot of times we don't give ourselves enough credit or we just look beyond all those like little wins and being a little bit better. And we focus so much on the negative. <laughs> and I think it's just like really important to give yourself more credit and notice. Yeah. And give yourself like a big high five that like you have made progress, you know, over the weeks, over the months, over the years and yeah, just being in it for the long game. So I'm so glad you said that. It just makes me feel good because, um, I feel like personally I have been there too, where I'm just like, so frustrated, not making progress. Um, and then also it's a very common theme with our clients. So, um, I'm just glad you took a second to highlight that. Um, yeah, because otherwise you get into the binging. Right. If you're beating yourself up and you're like, oh, I already messed up today, it turns into a bad week. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it spirals and then yep. you're you're not making progress. You're maybe making backwards progress. And yeah, 100 um, percent. So I want to shift gears just a little bit because I know we're a little bit crunched on time. Um, but I was hoping you could talk about the FDN certification, because I know there are people in my audience who are curious about it for themselves, you know, personally, um, and then maybe for their business as well, because I mean, yeah. I know FDN definitely took my business to the next level. Um, but do you want to share kind of like maybe like the nuts and bolts and, you know, just what the certification is all about? Sure. So it's interesting because like literally, Tina, last week I became director of sales for FDN. So I'm, I'm working on shifting the way that we market this. I didn't just, I, I swear I didn't say that to stroke my own ego. Um, <laughs> I, I said it because we're shifting things a little bit because for a while it's kind of been like anyone with health stuff, anyone that has this. Okay. If you just have health issues and you don't plan on doing this as a career, go work with someone like Tina, you know, go, go work with an FDN practitioner. That's kind of your best bet, but who I'm, I'm really changing the targeting towards, and I'm working with the marketing department to do this. I think FDN serves people at the highest level when they have had a chronic health issue, but want to go help other people with this. So my answer two weeks ago would have actually had to have been different because I, I wasn't able to kind of shift some things around. But now that I am, no, this is who FDN is for. 
because it's a $9,000 course at the time of recording this, okay? It is worth five times that if you're making a career out of it. If you're going to use it for your own health and make a career out of it, you'll go through this thing for nine grand and say, this was the, this was crazy. They could have charged me double the amount and I would have paid it happily. But you know, if we're just doing one or two pieces, you might have thought it was more valuable than what you paid. But I want people, this is how you do sales in my opinion, right? You do it ethically and you give people way more value than you charge them. And I think the people that get the most value are those that have both things. So it's for the people who have the health side and want to do the business side. And what the course will look like, it's completely self-paced. So it's really good um, for two types of people. One is the person that's super self-motivated and wants to fly through something and doesn't want to wait through fluff. Could be great for you. Uh, similarly, it could be great for the person that has three kids and is overwhelmed and has a job. And you know they got a husband to deal with too. And they got to deal with all these things on a daily basis. Um, and, and by the way, we do have obviously men go through the program. I'm a guy, but it's just it, statistically, it's more women. I think they're more open to the health issues and they have more autoimmune illness, which is again, mostly invalidated by Western medicine a lot of the time. So I think that's why we attract more women than men, but that's a separate thing. Um, my point is, when you go through the program, it is self-paced. So you can do it on your own time. You could do 30 hours in one week. That'd be ridiculous. But you could also do one hour in one week. And you need more than one hour in one week over time to get it done, obviously. But it's on your time. So it has nothing to do with can you do it? You can do it. It's does it resonate with what type of person you are? Are you someone that actually wants to make a career out of this? Um, it's fantastic. You actually get, as you know, Tina, four labs included in the cost of tuition, which was not always the case. When I went through, I got two. Um, and now they include four. It's five tests, but four labs. So you'll get to look at the hormones. You'll get to look at uh, stool testing. You'll get to look at if whether or not your, uh, your gut's leaky, right? You have intestinal permeability or not. So there's a lot of cool things. Uh, you'll get one-on-one -on -one mentorship as well. So that's one thing really unique about our school is like, we will actually work with you one-on-one, -on -one, not in a group. We have that too, but you will get worked with one-on-one -on -one to make sure you understand the material and are ready to do this. And not to mention nowadays, we have the business school as well. And it's so cheap compared to what it's worth. It's like ridiculous. So you can add that on into the main course now. And you basically have this one-stop shop where we can take someone who maybe feels like, they're on a health journey, but not where they want to be to, okay, I am a business owner and I'm operating this, helping other people. We can do that in under one year for most people that go through this now. So that's really kind of how it works and, um, and who it's for. No, oh, nice. Very nice. Definitely some changes since I graduated, but yeah, I mean, the testing yeah. alone was fascinating. And I think if you're somebody who, like you're saying, you know, you're self-motivated, um, you're curious about this stuff. It is literally fascinating. I mean, I just did, you know, one functional test and it was over. I was like, holy cow, like this when did is you go through? data. Um, I graduated in June, 2020. So it was oh, right when okay, things gotcha, kind gotcha. Of started changing. Um, but yeah, just the most amazing <laughs> information. And, you know, on the business level, I was doing just straight up nutrition coaching, kind of focusing on like the macros and everything. And then adding the functional testing in has just helped clients get much better results because now instead of, I don't want to say just throwing like a macro <laughs> target at somebody, it wasn't necessarily that, but you know, it's more what I learned in FDN. It's more than just what you eat. I mean, you really do have to pay attention to your sleep and your stress and your gut health and your mineral status and like all of that. So, um, as I always say to our clients, it's never one thing, but I do think, you know, the testing can really help get you to the next level and help get you there way faster. It, it'll accelerate everything. And now, you know, nowadays I look at it as, okay, this is prevention. 
I, I mean, you know, as because I've had to shift out my career and stuff, you can't just be buying labs every single month. But okay. I, and I might sound like a freak with it, but I've been sick and I don't want to get there anymore. So my goal, and I'm almost there financially, financially, thankfully, is I want to run the foundational labs every quarter. And I'm not saying everyone has to do that. That is extreme. But I am going to catch stuff before it comes up. That's that's how it's going to work. And these things take time in your body. Cancer is not overnight. Autoimmune is not overnight. There are warning signs for this. So you know, it's great that FDN can help these things when you've been sick for 15 years. It's kind of remarkable that you can help someone 15 years into their journey, but it's even better to find it like 15 days into the journey, right? So if you're if you're doing this uh, quarterly or even every or twice every year, um, I think you can, it's not a medical claim. I think you can prevent a lot of things doing that. And so I'm, I'm going to do that. And that's another great part about FDN. Like once you master the health side and you kind of get to where you want to go, it's like, all right, let's prevent this from ever happening again so that we can enjoy our lives while we're here. Um, we're all going to get old and pass away eventually. I don't think we figured out that yet, but at least we can do it on our, on, on our time uh, gracefully with our family, um, with our loved ones and, and not these sudden scary things. I, I don't want that. And I think that can be prevented. Mm-hmm, 100%. Um, so real quick, will you just touch upon the foundational labs that are included with the certification? Like, what are Absolutely. they? What do they tell you? Why are they amazing? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we have six foundational tests. And, you know, if you're in the functional space, people get very complicated nowadays with heavy metal testing, organic acids, genetics, all this kind of stuff, which by the way, is extremely useful and we have access to as FDNs. But there's a reason we start with these foundations. So one of the, you can actually think of it, it's an acronym. So it's hidden stressors. So we're testing for hidden stressors, which is hormonal, immune, digestion, detoxification, energy production, and nervous system. So we have hormone testing. We're looking at that. It's going to be four salivary samples throughout the day. So we're going to check out that. We're also um, going over the GI map stool test by Diagnostic Solutions Laboratory. So that'll show you kind of uh, pathogenic bacteria that might have developed or pathogenic things that have developed in the gut, um, found a nice little home inside of you. And it's so funny because like when you get into this world, like you don't realize that almost everyone has parasites or bacteria. And I remember that was very shocking. Like, I don't have parasites. And I get the results. I'm like, whoa, like this sucks. Are you kidding me? So um, that happens on those tests. We also look at like digestive function there. So we're going to check out that. You can, you can think about it as like looking at the microbiome, right? There's other more comprehensive ways to look at just the microbiome stuff. But in terms of a clinical application where it's actually useful to get the person well. Uh, GI map's great for that. We will also look at the MBA. We call it mucosal barrier assessment. So picture it as a leaky gut test. There's no perfect test right now for intestinal permeability, but we're getting pretty close. And these tests are great to see, okay, everyone talks about leaky gut, but do you actually have it? And are you getting better or worse in that area? So that's going to be useful. Um, we have the metabolic wellness profile, the M. WP. And so that's going to look at um, oxidative stress. It's going to look at liver function, and it's going to look at something called indican, which is basically how well you're breaking down protein. It's a marker that indicates that. So indican indicates how well you're breaking down protein. Um, we also look at food sensitivity. So this is not just your standard IgG food sensitivity tests. Um, we can do a whole podcast on this. We use something called the MRT food sensitivity test, at least if you're in Canada and the United States. And what it does is it kind of it, just look it up again. It's a whole podcast in and of itself, but how it's different than these other tests on the market is that it's patented to look at basically hundreds, if not thousands of indirect ways that you could be reacting to a food 
immunologically instead of one or two specific ones. So a very cool test, very useful. And then the last thing we teach, it's actually not a lab test. It's called metabolic typing. And it's kind of a cool way to figure out what your unique makeup uh, might do best on in terms of like macronutrients and food uh, pairing. Um, and then it has an it has a formula for self-correction basically. And so what I mean by that is, you know, it'll start you out with a certain macro ratio, but it's not dogmatic um, because you get, uh, you get this diet check record sheet. So you start to learn and analyze that diet check record sheet's probably- I know I use it. Yeah, yeah, it's probably (laughs) worth more than the other stuff anyway. Like just getting in tune with your body and realizing, oh wait, when I eat this, I feel bad. When I eat this, I feel great. Uh, still to this day, all these years later, it sounds funny, but my girlfriend was nice enough. She made this for me before our show. So that's what we call an ebb shake. It has, this is crazy for most people, an entire can of coconut milk, four raw eggs, avocado, a little bit of blueberry. Um, and then we throw some other things in there, right? Supplement wise. Now to some people, the amount of saturated fat and all that stuff, yeah. it would give them a heart attack if they were eating a standard American diet. This makes me feel great. I don't crash on on it. And when I have a long day like I do today, I can go six, seven hours without needing food again. And I I feel great. So that's what metabolic typing teaches you is how to get those food combinations that make you feel fantastic and give you energy and not like you need to take a nap and can't do your podcast with Tina after you consume it or drink it. A hundred percent. And I'm glad you touched upon that too, which could be like a whole different podcast. Right. <laughs> it's just really like slowing down and just paying attention to how your body responds to certain foods. And I just, you know, me again, me, it's like the clients that we work with, but they're, they're going a million miles a minute. They're eating in the car, they're eating, you know, running out the door. And I think a lot of times, like we don't pay attention to these signals and like, they're really important, you know, it's just far as like how our body functions versus how somebody else's bodies function. Yeah. Um, so I, I know we need to wrap up in a little bit. So just to kind of wrap up here, um, if somebody was listening to this podcast and they're like, oh, this functional stuff is really interesting. I'm kind of thinking about doing this FDN certification. What would you tell somebody that's on the fence that might have some reservations, maybe about the price, um, because it's a significant investment or um, just what the investment would um, return, I guess, in the long run? Right. This is why I think, again, because I I think one of the reasons they allow me to do the sales thing at FDN is because I'm really big on ethical selling. Like I don't, selling is not manipulation. Selling is not lying. In fact, that's the worst thing that you could do. That's not selling at all. Selling is helping someone solve a problem. And I believe the person's problem that we solve best is those who have the health side with the business side, like I said. So in terms of the price, if you know that you want to do this as work, that it's not even a question. Buy it today. Like literally just go get it today and do it through Tina's thing or whatever, but get it today because we can take care of that, right? Go on the monthly payment plan, the 24-month payment plan, which actually is not going to be available forever. So if you're listening to this, it's still out, but we're going to have to take that away soon because that was the first thing I saw. I'm like, this is insane. We can't do this. Like people don't realize how much faith we have in our practitioners because- <laughs> We're not even turning a profit until like month seven on the 24-month payment plans because we're giving laps in the cost of tuition. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you have that, take advantage of it now. But my point is, I mean, for whatever it is, $3.99 a month, you can get this started. You could fly through this in five, six months if you really wanted to put the work in and, and do it. And at six months, you now have something that you can go rightfully charge people two to $4,000 for a several month program that they are going to be happy to pay you because the deliverables on the other end are fantastic. You're going to get their health better. It's worth way more than that. It's just how do you even put a price tag on some of this stuff for what it's actually worth? So again, the only way I can say it easily is if you're going to do the business side, we have the support now to do that. 
get the business school wrapped in. Um, in fact, I haven't solidified this yet. So depending on when this comes out, it might be out, but I've realized we're having so much success with our graduates. We're going to start making a guarantee. And so the guarantee is literally going to be like, if you go through the FDN course and business school, and it's been like three months after business school, because you got to take time to implement the stuff, obviously. And like, you haven't gotten your tuition back. We're going to coach you. And we're going to coach you for free to make sure that you get your investment back. So um, I'm sorry that that offer is not done yet. Again, I got this job a week ago, but I'm developing that because I'm looking at the stats. and I'm like, we do this already. Tell the people that we guarantee it. Because if they know, I can tell you it's $30,000 for the course. And if you know that you're going to get your tuition back and I'm guaranteeing it, you'll pay $30,000 for it. Because it's not about price. It's about what's the value and what's the risk. So um, thankfully, we have a ton of value and I want to lower people's risk as much as possible. So that's what I would say to someone on the fence. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And I love that you highlighted just like the business side of it, because yeah, there you're learning so much about functional testing and the body and nutrition and like all the things. And then, yeah, you finish and you're kind of like, okay, well, what's next? So it's just nice yeah. to know that, you know, there's the business school side of things and that there's so many people that have done this and that have developed amazing businesses from this. So I love that there's like a guidance part of it because yeah. Well, if you're and I know, and I'm okay. sorry, because I know I want to, yeah, I don't, because I only want to add that in because I actually realized, okay, I have said that a lot today. I'm people don't know me on this podcast. I don't want to come across as like the salesy person, the business side, but you get this. People don't understand that business and entrepreneurship, it's one of your biggest tickets to health. And you might say, well, why is that? It's not just the income that has nothing. Well, that does have something to do with it, but you can make just as much income in an entrepreneurship setting as you did in a work setting. You're still better off. What did you just say about your clients? They're on the go. They're eating in the car. They're rushed around because you don't control your schedule. So the reason I'm focusing on the business side is because I could give someone all the health tips in the world. If they are so scarce in their income that they're working 10 to 12 hours a day while they have kids, those health tips aren't going to fix that. It'll make it a little better. You're not getting well doing that. So the biggest thing that you could ever do to rebel against the system that's trying to keep you sick and to actually get well is to be able to say, I make my hours, I can take off when I need to take off for my own health, and I can implement the habits I need to implement in the daily basis. I'm not working at seven in the morning. I got to go out and get my light. Right. So I'm not driving to the office at seven in the morning. That's not how this is going to work for me. So that's why I keep reemphasizing that because it's not just to be salesy. It's like you need that, I yeah. think, to get your health under control. And you know that probably perfectly well doing what you do. That's how you do it. Yep. Yep. That resonates a lot personally. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a really great point. Um, so anyways, thank you so much for being here today. This was awesome. I mean, I loved your story, all the insights on healing and of course, all the details about FDN. Um, so where can people find you? Do you want to share the details about the podcast? All that good stuff. Sure. Thank you. So um, FDN training on most things. So Instagram is at FDN training. The podcast is the health detective podcast by functional diagnostic nutrition. Again, everything can pretty much be found in the Instagram, like the little link tree bio, um, everything that you would need there. And so, yeah, that's where you can find our stuff. Um, if you were interested in working with us personally, I don't do a lot of client stuff myself, but I do employ a few FDNs under me at my business. So it's buckscountylighttherapy.com. Um, you can check us out there, but please, I mean, work with anyone that you resonate with. I, a lot of FDNs do something similar, right? So it's more the story, right? If you really resonated with something today, all right, cool. Then it's it's awesome to work with us. But if you listen to Tina all the time and resonate with her, it trust me, you want someone that you resonate with. So mm -hmm. go go do that. Um, my question for you, Tina, if I may, to finish this up here, is do we have you scheduled on our podcast yet? 
Uh, I don't think so. Not yet, but I've been in touch with Lindy. So okay, let's get this arranged. I'd yeah. love to do this and have this on the opposite end. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yes. I'd love to be on. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here.